All right, good morning, Marlins Nation, on a Wednesday morning. Thanks for rewinding with us. The Marlins fell to the Atlanta Braves last night at Lone Depot Park 6-0. Sandy Alcantara goes five innings, gives up three runs on six hits. Uh, as always, here is the voice of the Marlins to give you the recap, Kyle Seeloff. All right, well, the Atlanta Braves snapped the Miami Marlins' four-game winning streak here at Lone Depot Park tonight. First of three between the Marlins and the Braves this week. And tonight in game one, it was all Atlanta. They beat the Marlins 6 to nothing. And as Jeff Nelson rejoins us, Nelly, I think the topic of conversation before we talk about any offense or lack thereof tonight has got to focus on Sandy Alcantara, who struggled again. His ERA this season is now 509 He's got a win and three losses after being charged with a loss here tonight. And through six starts, he's really struggling. A 5.09 ERA, and he really had to labor again this evening. It's surprising to me that his mechanic issues have lasted this long, and it is all mechanics. I hope You hope nothing's wrong with him because, he, I mean, last year's Cy Young, he was so dominant and probably the favorite going into this year. The velocity's still there. The changeup is still the velocity with the changeup still there. But his mechanics and his command of his fastball, you know, everything comes off your fastball anyway, has not been there. And it's been the same as far as what he's doing wrong every single outing. You know, you look at his line. I mean, he walked three, hit two batters, 103 pitches in five innings, giving up three runs. Could have been a lot worse. You know, the Braves were one, in, one for 11 with runners in scoring position. So it could have been a lot worse for the Marlins. But... You know, to see Sandy like this, this is not like him. I know. What, what, really, what, what can he do to turn it around, you think? You well, just it's think a lot it's of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot of time in the in the bullpen, and you have to try to keep, you know, repeating your delivery. He's 6'5". It's, it's harder for a taller guy to repeat their delivery because you have a lot of moving parts, a lot more moving parts than someone that's, say, six foot or under. Yeah. Because you can repeat your delivery a lot easier. But with Sandy, it's a little bit more difficult, and every time he opens up that front shoulder – the arm drops and also his wrist drops, so everything starts flattening out. Mm-hmm. And for him, he can throw from the same arm slot. He's got to keep the shoulder closed, and that wrist has to be on top of the baseball. So you do see that good sink on the fastball and the changeup. And it just has not been there earlier in the season. Early in the season, I would ask you what you saw out of the Marlins' offense tonight, but I guess the better question would be, uh, what was it? that made Bryce Elder so good and kept these guys at bay. He mixed it up really well, and, you know, he had a really good sinking fastball. He's not overpowering, so if you're going up there, uh, you can catch up to his fastball. He topped out at 91, but he had such great movement on that sinker, and he also threw his breaking ball for strikes, and he expanded the zone with it. And if he did get behind on a Marlin hitter, he threw the slider, get back into the count, used the sinker inside on righties, utilized both sides of the plate, mixed in a changeup every now and then. Didn't see a whole lot of that tonight, but really kept the Marlins off balance. I mean, you're going up there basically guessing, and we saw that from up here, that the Marlins hitters, you know, you look at De La Cruz, he struck out three times, guessing every single at-bat. Right. Well, uh, Nelly, before I let you go, I guess let's preview this thing tomorrow a little bit. Braxton Garrett versus Kyle Wright. Hopefully the offense can get a little something going against Wright, but Garrett's been really good for the Marlins this season. He has, and he only pitched a short time in that rain out, and then he had to be axed of it because it was so long. And and Kyle Wright, I mean, he, another guy that really is not overpowering. Fastball, curveball change, but you're right. Garrett keeps you in the game, and that's what you want. You want someone to, you want 
your offense to get going. You have good starting pitching. You have a chance to win. It was a 3 nothing game until the eighth inning today. So you were in the game, but it just felt like you were so far out, right? right. I mean, it just didn't. It's a different atmosphere when the Marlins play the Braves. It's yep. just a different attitude, a different mentality. Different feel. I agree. Yeah, it's just not like you've seen in April when you're playing other teams. I mean, the Mets and the Braves have been that, I guess, Achilles heel. Right. For, for the Marlins so far. All right, Nelly, let's uh, let's try to have some more fun yes. tomorrow, shall we? All right, uh, that's Jeff Nelson. I'm Kyle Seeloff. Let's take a listen to the highlights from this ball game tonight. The Braves jumped out to an early one nothing lead in the second with one out, nobody on base. Ozzie Albies facing Alcantara. 1-1 pitch. Albies swings. It's at high in the air, pretty deep right field down the line. If it's fair, it's treble. It's treble. It's gone. Ozzie Albies has smashed his eighth home run of the season. The Atlanta Braves have a 1-0 lead here in the second. Well, come to find out, that was all the Atlanta Braves needed in this ballgame tonight. They got one more in the third with the bases loaded, and there was nobody out, and Eddie Rosario was at the plate. Here's a ground ball hit to second. Arise has it, throws it to second for one. Birdies return throw to first, in time a double play. Olsen will score from third, and the Atlanta Braves have a 2-0 lead, but Alcantara does get himself two outs. Sandy was able to work a perfect fourth, but he was not perfect in the fifth. There were a couple of men on base again for Eddie Rosario. So nothing and one to count to Rosario. It's 2-0 Atlanta here in the fifth. First and second with two outs. Here's a ground ball through the right side to base hit. Sanchez is on it. Here comes a throw in towards the plate. It's up the third base line. Sliding in safely across the plate is Matt Olson. It's 3-0 Atlanta. And the Braves would continue to pour it on in this ballgame. Alcantara went five. Matt Barnes did a nice job. A lot of hits, struck out one in a scoreless sixth. Stephen Okert tossed a scoreless seventh. This was a 3-0 game going to the top of the eighth inning. And Johan Quezada came in for the Miami Marlins, making his first big league appearance since 2020 when he made, uh, when he made three with the Miami Marlins. Uh, and that did not go well. Quezada allowed a one-out double to Harris. Walked Ozuna, walked Grissom with the bases loaded and one out. Acuna had a sack fly to right, and Matt Olson walked. So too did Riley and then Murphy. And uh, Quezada could not get himself through the eighth inning here tonight. Andrew Nardi came in. He struck out Rosario looking to end the eighth, but the Braves scored three runs on a hit, left them loaded there in the eighth inning. And Andrew Nardi closed this ball game out. He tossed a scoreless top of the ninth. And Joe Jimenez came in for the Atlanta Braves in the bottom of the ninth after Bryce Elder worked the first seven. Kirby Yates worked the eighth. Jimenez allowed a double to Gurriel in the ninth, but nothing else. And the Atlanta Braves go on to win this sucker by a final score of 6 to nothing here at Lone Depot Park tonight. For the Miami Marlins uh, on the mound, they struck out 10, and that was good news. And that means that $250 will be donated to AutoNation's Drive Pink Initiative to fight against cancer. For every strikeout this season, 25 bucks will be donated to the Drive Pink Initiative. Okay, Kyle, thank you very much. What did we learn? We learned that this Atlanta Braves team, if we didn't already, has this Marlins team number. I don't know what it is about it. I know Atlanta is a fantastic team, but... Man, it just seems like there's a mental hurdle right now with the Marlins and the Braves. I read you some of the notes in my pregame show. Absolute dominance over a pretty decent sample size. So what happens today, we will see. But for right now, the Marlins need to figure out a way to get over this mental hurdle over the Atlanta Braves. Again, we understand they're a great team, but there has to be some pushback uh, within this series. Anyway... 
Let's head down to listen to what Skip Schumacher had to say following the 6 nothing loss to the Atlanta Braves. Uh, Skip, Sandy, couple innings were, I think, 30-some pitches, I think second and the fifth. Just how, what did you see from him overall? And then those two innings specifically were the Braves were able to get his pitch count up? Yeah, he just struggled putting guys away. You know, a lot of foul balls, deep counts, um, got his pitch count up and why he went five. You know, I thought his uh, pitch movements and depth on his uh, changeup, some real good changeups. So Velo was up, um, some good sliders. Just, you know, when you get those long at-bats, long counts, deep counts, that's what happens. And, um, and unfortunately, went, you know, about a, a little over 100 after five and, you know, we had to make the move. Uh, on the other side, Elder, you guys were able to get to him last star. He gets seven shutout this time. What do you think? Change either on his end or on your guys' approach against him? And he did a really nice job tonight. Credit to him. On our side, we just didn't get the ball in the air. I mean, about 70% ground ball rate. Um, I'm guessing about that. I uh, don't have the exact number, but just a lot of ground balls, a lot of weak contact. Um, you know, with the sinker, the changeup, the slider, everything that he threw, we were just beating in the ground. And, um, you know, just besides maybe the Dela, you know, in center field and Arise, maybe that first or second inning hit, um, not much hard contact or in the air. And um, so, you know, that's, you know, presents a challenge to scoring runs. With Sandy, going back to like whether it was foul balls or not, are you seeing mislocation, maybe teams approaching him differently? Like the change up this season, the numbers kind of show that I don't know if it's regressing. Like if everything's pretty much similar, but the results. What, yeah, I think actually is, is pitch movements and grades are getting better um, with every start. Um, yeah, the third time through definitely is, you know, b- bigger numbers than in the year past or years past. Um, but I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you exactly what, what's going on. There's, um, guys are, I, the, the deeper counts is what I'm looking at more than anything. And why isn't, why aren't they being put away? And, um, and so when that happens, that's when you kind of have to, you know, get back and look at the film again and, and um, I felt like his last couple bullpen sessions after his bicep uh, thing was going were really, really good and figured out some stuff mechanically. And location-wise, it felt like he was a little off the first uh, inning or so. Um, and then, you know, the third and fourth were really good. And then the fifth kind of, you know, back to the, you know, missed pitches, walks. You just don't see Sandy walk that many guys. Um, and uh, and so, you know, when you see that, there's something going on. And, uh, you know, he's... You can tell he's frustrated, um, but you know I, I'm, I'm pretty positive that he's going to get through this. Because even is, I guess he's always been kind of a ground ball pitcher. His ground ball rate is down quite a bit yeah. too. Yeah, I mean, it just goes back to location. You know, that's that's probably what it uh, most likely is. I have to look at it again. Um, but you know, the two seam was really good today at times, um, and then at times it was up. Um, you know, the changeup was really good at times. Sometimes it was up. So I, I think it's just he's um, – and you, he'll, he'll probably answer more than, better than I can because, you know, I have to review the start the next day. But um, he'll probably tell you that there's, there's some fine-tuning that um, it just has, has to be worked out. Dale Cruz, those last week plus, hasn't really things haven't gone his way. And then it seems like he gets something with the single or the, the hard ball and then out at second. Just what are you seeing from him overall? Yeah, just swinging, you know, uh, and he said 
the game plan for for Dela. I think he's trying to figure out um, exactly how he's being attacked, and he's it almost feels like he's just in between and kind of guessing. Um, you know, you saw the strike three; that was like up and away fastball at ninety ninety one, and just kind of swung after it was kind of by him, and just feels like he's just in between. He's just kind of getting ping pong back and forth, and um, he's just not really seeing the ball with you know the, the racking up a bunch of strikeouts. You know, last few games and um, hit the ball hard and. Um, of course, he gets thrown out there. You know, that's just kind of what happens when you're when you're scuffling. So, um, yeah, we obviously need him to to hit. I mean, he's one of our guys that we're going to depend on. And um, sometimes you try to swing your way out of funks, and instead of just you know seeing the ball and backing things up. And and I think we got a couple guys trying to do that right now. And and um, and so I just, I kind of feel like that's where he's at. Just kind of back. he's in between and and kind of swinging his way out of stuff, trying to swing his way out of stuff. Do you think Sandy's one of the bigger victims towards the shift banning? Do you think that's one of the issues with him this year? I don't know. It's a good question. I haven't I haven't looked at it like if it was in a shift, if it be caught yet, you know that type of thing. Um, but if the ground ball rate is down, then I would say probably not as much. But uh, you know, it had something to definitely look into. Um, it looked like Brant Brown uh, took the guys aside and had a huddle uh, in the dugout later on in the game. Is that something you asked him to do? Did he just do that? And do you know what the topic was? Yeah, no, he did that on his own. Um, I give my coaches uh, whatever they want to do and talk to the players about, they can do. I don't micromanage that. Um, I thought that the timing was good. You know, was, uh, you know, we kept beating the ball into the ground. And, you know, he said, hey, remember the game plan, stick to your plan, stick to the approach, and, you know, get the ball in the air. You know, do what you can to fight to get your pitch and get it in the air. The guy, Elder, did a great job. And um, I think the, the message overall was just swing with intent. Don't just put it in play. Swing with intent and get back to what your process and your, your game plan was. And um, so I think we're, you know, trying to pick our big boy up too. You know, we at the time, I think we're down maybe 3 nothing. Um, after saying it might have been the fifth inning. I don't know exactly when it was. But after the fifth, I think when he came off the field and, uh, bottom of the fifth maybe and I think it was you know trying to you know maybe a little bit of motivation to try to pick him up and try to pick our pick our ace up uh, at that time all right thanks Aaron. good thanks all right we are back on the air tonight at 640 it'll be Kyle Wright who takes on Braxton Garrett at 640 start at Lone Depot Park I've got Marlins on deck at 610 thanks for rewinding with us Marlins Nation let's flip the M together Miami this is the Marlins Radio Network driven by AutoNation